You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most important topics in the world of Indiana basketball. This is our 270th edition of Assembly Call Radio, and it is our 875th episode overall of the Assembly Call. Recorded on the evening of October 27, 2022, a mere 36 hours before the first exhibition game of the season, I am your host, the coach, Brian Tonsoni. And let's begin this edition of the Assembly Call, how we begin every edition of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. This week's banner moment is simply basketball is back. Uh, as said earlier, 36 hours away, uh, Indiana Hoosiers will take the floor in Simon Scott Assembly Hall, beginning what is one of the most anticipated seasons in quite a while. We have waited a long time during the offseason for this week, and we have waited a long time for the Hoosiers to be back uh, in the national discussion. This program needs to perform on the court for sure, but boy, are we ready to go. So let's bring on Saturday. Uh, good luck, Hoosiers. Okay, now with me, let me introduce uh, co-hosts. We have quite the panel today for the over-under extravaganza. Jared was originally scheduled to be on, but he has accepted uh, uh, a good excuse. He is he and Tamar Bates are recording a new episode of the Inside Scoop this evening, uh, so be on the lookout for that in your podcast feeds on Friday. Uh, but here with me, he's back from Italy, and he's come to terms with the Padres' loss to the Phillies. Since Kyle Schwarber had such a big part in it, he, he's happy uh, uh, enough for that. He is the senior writer for the big lead and our ranter-in-chief. Analyzing players, finding every wrinkle. He hasn't ever hosted, never lifted a finger. He's got all the well, let me quickly add just one thing about this. Dude just interrupted his own jingle. Ryan, what is your rant or rumination this week? Uh, first of all, I apologize, everybody. I'm a little under the weather. Apparently 27 hours of travel on Saturday was not a great idea uh, for the health when you come back. And working the next day was not a great idea. Um, but no, I, I, Coach, I just echo what you said. We finally have basketball. I mean, it's been a long offseason. It's been a long four off seasons, quite frankly. And I think that there's finally some hope around the program. I think last year there was a little bit, but this year it's just increased uh, tremendously. And I mean, you know, I think that that all Indiana fans feel like, should we actually have hope? Because we've been burned plenty of times before. But I think there is actual reason for hope this year. And uh, it's a really great roster. And you're just hoping that the coaches put them in the right positions uh, to, to succeed and that these guys go do what they're capable of on the court. Uh, we get our first glimpse at that on Saturday and what lineups look like and all of that stuff. I don't think we should take too much away from it, but I think that, you know, little things like the lineups and, and how guys are playing together and, and, and if there's, you know, cohesion on the court is a big deal. And, and that's something you can take away from, from uh, an exhibition contest. And everyone knows our next host as the quintessential bracketologist, the stat guru, and the defending champion of the over-under contest from last season. The best of you sports coaching. You know that we got them. 
When it comes to analytic trends, you know he can spot them. For first class bracketology, if you want the top, you gotta go bottoms. If you want the top, you gotta go bottoms. If you want the top, you gotta go bottoms. He is Andy Bottoms. Uh, what is occupying your thoughts, Andy, as Indiana prepares to begin action on the court? Uh, well, despite uh, Jared's best efforts to keep me off of the show tonight to uh, to defend my crown, I, I managed to uh, I managed to to get in. Uh, now, just excited for the season, like like Ryan said. To uh, it's been an exciting off season of of speculation and high expectations, but uh, there's there's certainly an element of uh, actually getting to see something on the court that makes that a little bit more exciting now. Uh, I'm sure we'll want to overreact to what we see in an exhibition game, but I think it'll be exciting just to see everybody out there at least get first glimpses at some of the guys in a, uh, you know, in this setting and, and see what they do. So it, uh, it all starts here in a couple of days, and it's what we've all been looking forward to so anxiously over the course of the offseason. So uh, perhaps fitting that it is on, uh, on, on the bye week for IU football <laughs> uh, that, uh, that things get started here. So uh, definitely, definitely looking forward to it and looking forward to the show. Great timing for sure. So we also have two other special guests joining us for this extravaganza. First up, you know him as the mediocre mind behind our mediocre question, as well as the odds maker uh, for our annual over-under segment, which we'll be hosting tonight. He's taking a break from listening to Taylor Swift's new album uh, to join us tonight. It's Jay Horry. Jay, what's on your mind as we get ready to start the season? Coach, thanks for having me. Guys, um, I think the biggest upset of the season's already happened. They, they let Ryan and myself on the same podcast so uh we're dangerous dangerous we are coming for that explicit rating tonight it, guys so it appears careful. coach has already started drinking as the host just to prepare himself <laughs> for what he's about to deal with so hey it, it's it's a three or four drink minimum tonight guys so <laughs> if you're if you're not if you're not already there let's get caught up quickly um you know like it's like it's already been said i'm i'm just really excited to get a season underway you know we've had to watch a couple months of not great football and uh, really, really excited to turn the page on, on another basketball season, season two of the Mike Woodson era. It's, um, you know, it's, it's the level of excitement that we haven't had since probably, you know, the Romeo season. And um, hopefully the outcomes are a little better than that one. But, uh, yeah, let, let's get it going. I'm excited for this, uh, the Over Under podcast. Let's do it. Uh, Jay, I did ask for an extra pay uh, to host all all of you guys tonight uh, and, and keep everything going. But joining you us, get get that bleep button ready. Yeah. Also joining us from an undisclosed lo- location with an undisclosed identity, he is the original Indiana superfan who keeps a happy picture of Bob Knight in our Twitter feeds all season long. It's Chronic Hoosier. I've got photos of Tijon with an elephant now. So Chronic, besides those pictures, how are you feeling about the upcoming basketball season? I could not. I'll tell you what, I was trying to think of this earlier this weekend. I can't remember um, the last time I was this excited about a new IU season. Obviously, uh, um, it's just a, a ton of promise like we haven't seen probably since the 2012-2013 season. Um, I, I don't think I was nearly at this level in, in the 15-16 when they won their last Big Ten championship. Um, I'm super happy to be back. I am extraordinarily happy to be talking about basketball and not football right now. Uh, we've officially crossed that threshold here in Bloomington. Uh, begrudgingly, I hate to say it, but uh, I, I need some relief from this. Um, and, and just a couple of clerical matters. First and foremost, um, you know, you guys are talking about a three, four drink minimum. Keep in mind, some of us have like eight of those in one glass. So, you know, I'm, 
I, I, I'm going to do my best to keep it coherent. Secondly, I, Coach, I know you're getting extra money. Um, we got to get Jared some of that. Uh, you know, if it's going to, if you're going to announce it at Simon Scott Assembly Hall, uh, maybe we need to get a sponsorship for Simon Scott Assembly Call here. That's, um, but there they, we go. They have not paid me yet to put that uh, that respect <laughs> on the name, so it's going to be Assembly Hall, just like it's going to be Deer Creek till I die. Sounds good. I, I I like that. So here's what we have in store for us this week. There's a few brief uh, Hoosier headlines uh, and an opening question in the over under extravaganza, and then it is all over unders. Segment two, segment three. Uh, we're, we have sixteen over under. Uh, Props, if you will, uh, that we're going to go around the table. Jared has put his entries in, uh, as well as Scott. Galen has yet to do it, but we're going to get his, and we're going to have a contest again this year. Um, so that's uh, all that's coming up on, on Assembly Call Radio. This edition of Assembly Call Radio, just like all shows on the Back Home Network, is presented by our friends at Homefield Apparel, where they have the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you'll find anywhere with beloved logos like two different versions of the Bison and so many more. Bottom line is that Homefield has something for fans and grads of pretty much every school with unique vintage logos for all of them. And no matter what you buy, you know it'll be comfortable and the colors will last through many washings. Plus, you're supporting an Indiana-based school or company that came up through the Kelly Business School. What could be better than that? They are hinting about a nice retro Indiana jacket. I've seen some mention of that. That's going to be coming out. Uh, I'm looking to buy several here as it's getting a little bit colder. Got to get your hoodie. So go uh, to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME for 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME for 15% off. Once again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. Did you just order another shirt from Homefield Apparel? No, Mrs. Tonsoni. I will be, though, shortly um, because we appreciate our sponsor. Okay, here are a few quick Hoosier headlines. TJD has been named to several preseason All-American lists and award lists. Uh, keep track of that. We wish him well. We'd like to see him get rewarded for a great senior year. Indiana comes out number 14 in the coaches' poll, and as we've mentioned, the season begins Saturday, uh, and, and that's probably the biggest headline for this week. Before we get to our over-under show, um, we would like to send out uh, some best wishes to a couple of important Hoosiers who are facing some health concerns. First of all, J.D. Campbell, Senior Assistant Athletic Director for Men's Basketball. He is home recovering from heart surgery. We wish him nothing but the best and hope to see him back in Assembly Hall uh, as soon as possible. So, J.D., get better. Um, we're rooting for you. And then, Sean, um, I hope I pronounced this right, Sean Krogan, uh, husband of our own Kathy Amos, who uh, we just found out uh, had a diagnosis of uh, early detectable, treatable cancer. Um and so our hearts go out to Kathy and Sean, and uh, we're with you. And we are a strong community, the Indiana fan community and the Assembly Call community. So let's help these people in your own ways, whatever ways you have of helping these people through those tough times. Let's have Hoosier uh, strong attitudes towards these wonderful people. All right, to start our over-under show uh, and end segment one, let's talk about expectations. There's a lot of expectations for Indiana basketball. But we're going to talk about it a little bit different way. Each of us uh, will go around the table, starting with Andy. Which player, if they exceed 
their expectations because, you know, we know TJD's at a certain spot, X and that. If that player exceeds expectations, will really help Indiana achieve uh, their goal of winning a Big Ten championship and advancing as far as they possibly can in the NCAA tournament. Which player, if they really go over their expectations, moves this team? Andy, we'll start with you. You know, it's it's somewhat hard to answer this question given the range of expectations that I think fans have for these players. You could argue that no one could exceed the expectations that some people have, but I'll uh, I guess I'll take the the median expectation for people. Uh, I I would say Tamar Bates, uh, really to give the team another perimeter scorer, another guy who can create with the ball in his hands. Uh, I I think he feels like the the choice for me i think there's there's another guy that i thought of as well which I'll, I'll wait and see if maybe somebody takes him but uh i would say tomorrow if you end up you say this all the time that it's a guards game you end up with uh x playing well jalen hutchifino who expectations are really high for him you continue to hear nothing but good things about you get a third guy like tomorrow in the mix uh i think that really really provides some strength that tips things in in iu's favor uh ryan will come to you next which which player exceeds expectations really pushes indiana uh, success this year. You're muted, Ryan. Oh, All right, we'll go to Chronic, and then we'll figure out. It's going on and off real quick, Ryan. We'll, yep. Chronic, you're your player who, if they exceed, will really, really help this team. I'm going to go with Jalen Hudgefino. Uh, I think that's a lot to put on a, a freshman, but I expect uh, I, if he's not starting from the jump, uh, I expect him to work his way in there. Obviously, uh, he's garnering a lot of attention, uh, both inside Cook as well as out. Uh, you know, he was the guy that, that apparently caught most of the scouts' attention when they did the pro day there. Uh, but I, I think his ability to, to get downhill, um, to get defenses to collapse, uh, to score and to get others involved is going to be a perfect compliment to uh, to Xavier Johnson, who, you know, I, I, I hate taking the easy way out. I would put Xavier at 1B because, as you mentioned, it is a guards game. Uh, I felt like Xavier came on extraordinarily strong at the end of the season. I only expect that to go up. Um, but I, I think uh, I think Hudgefino is going to be the straw that uh, stirs the drink and really gets things to click for IU. Uh, and the critical part they've been missing uh, from a scoring standpoint, but most importantly from a driving standpoint. I'm so looking forward to seeing his game uh, on Saturday uh, and see what he can bring. Uh, Ryan, uh, the player you're looking for. We we still have audio problems. We'll be working to get that fixed. Jay, we'll come to you. Um, I didn't tell you guys, but uh, Jared gave me a mute button for Ryan and Ryan only, so I'm going to take full <laughs> advantage of it while I've got it. Well, I can tell you that, that Forrest in the chat, his his dreams are coming true, uh, <laughs> that uh, it, Ryan has, has maintained – uh, his his status on mute. So we're we're making I'll, making dreams become reality here for you, Force. All it took for uh, Ryan to finally get muted on the show was Chronic and I to show up. So I'm glad that we uh, combined forces and we're able to get Ryan kicked out. So um, you, no, I I agree with Andy. I think it's Tamar Bates. Um, I think it's really easy to forget to watch last season and forget the pedigree that Tamar Bates had coming in to uh, IU. I mean, he played at one of the best prep schools in the country at IMG. Uh, he was a five-star recruit. He was, you know, if you hear anybody at IMG talk about him, he was the go-to scorer on that team, criminal scorer on that team. And I think for a variety of reasons, last season just went incredibly wrong for him. Um, you know, I think he had a lot of pressure coming in. He had a he had some family issues going on. Um, so I think it was really hard to kind of lose, to kind of get him to get lost in the shuffle last year. And 
you know, when you talk to IU fans who don't maybe don't know his background, you, they're they kind of they're like, well, you know, he's just not very good. He's not, he's another overrated, you know, another overrated five star player that came to IU. I don't think that's the case. I think he's an incredibly talented shooter and incredibly talented scorer. And I'm really looking forward to uh, make him making that sophomore leap this year. So I do think those complementary players, if they really make the leaps that we want, or Jalen hood Shafino, uh, as Chronic said, brings uh, that high level in, we know that what X brings, we know what race brings, we know uh, what TJD, and, and they can exceed expectations too. But I think the real key is in, in that some of that guard play. You could even add a Trey Galloway with some semblance of shooting uh, if he can get to 30%, 31%. Uh, with what he does well, those types of of of, of improvements really move uh, move this team. So uh, we're now ready to uh, to take a break, but we will um, go over and start as soon as we come back. Uh, we will go over our all of our overs that uh, over unders that Jay has come up for us, uh, statistic wise for the upcoming season. So stick with us. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. This is Verdell Jones. What's better than an epic buzzer beater? The full court dribble and perfectly placed pass to set it all up. And, of course, celebrating with Hoosier Nation afterwards. So join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on an assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. Welcome back to Assembly Call Radio. I'm the coach, Brian Tonsoni, here with uh, Andy Bottoms, Ryan Phillips, Jay Horry, and Chronic Hoosier as we are playing that intro a second time in a row. Uh, that one was on loop. Uh, but we're back with a great panel here where we're going to share with you our, our best uh, selections for Jay's over and under props. Uh, so it's now time for that annual contest. And uh, with that, we'll turn it over to Jay to Here kick things go. off. Here we go. Here Let's we go. It. Let's do it. Here we go. And uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you a quick background. So we started doing this at some point during the Archie Miller era um, where we had a, I would submit questions. They would do it over-unders. And, um, and then eventually everybody got so dismayed by how the season was going that we, we stopped tracking them. And then we never reported about how, uh, how we actually did. So just a quick rundown from last year. Um, Andy ended up winning. He got eight out of 16, right? So a 50% clip was good enough to win last year. So congrats on that, Andy. 
and the uh felt like slightly backhanded compliment but uh i will accept it <laughs> no it's, i'm just more disparaging everybody else who submitted oh, picks okay. who got, right, who got fewer than 50 percent. so um jared was second with seven and then everybody else had six so not the best showing let's try to do a little bit better this year guys and the first question is the number the over under four and a half of trace jackson davis uh, games where he scores 30 or more points. Now, Trace had 40 30 point games, 30 plus point games last season, and he had multiple kind of high 20, 27, 28, 29 point games last season. So, over under four and a half of 30 point or more Trace Jackson Davis games, we will send it to Chronic first. Let's hear what you got, Chronic. I'm going to actually take the under on that. Uh, and the reason being, uh, I, I would hope that this is a team that, that, rolls out more scoring options uh, that's going to be perhaps a little bit less post-dominant, uh, a little more balanced. Um, and on top of that, I, I think the schedule is, is markedly more difficult. While I do think that there's an easier path, uh, at least in the post-end conference, than what Trace has experienced most of his career, um, I, I think if, if he is pouring in too, too many of those, the ball's not moving well enough. And uh, you know the the one thing I'm looking for offensively, in addition to increased shooting percentages, is better, more consistent ball movement. So I'm going to go with the under on that one. Uh, not because he's not elevated his game, not because he's not better than what he was last year. Uh, I just hope that there's more options available that they don't need him. Hopefully he's be able, he's going to be able to spend some time on the bench at the end of the game because it's already in hand. I like that. And just a contradiction, Jared said he's his gut says the under, but with IU's pick and roll, they showed at the end of last season. He thinks Trace has some monster games with people unable to guard that. So Jared took the over. Coach, what do you got? I'm also going to go for the under. I like Chronic's uh, reasoning there, but I'm going to say that he gets less minutes because of the depth and because of winning basketball games. As Chronic said, maybe at the end of games, he's not used as much. That's a a hope of mine for Coach Woodson that our bigs are more rested down the stretch. I thought there was some fatigue because they played major minutes. It's been a part of our show conversation all summer long. So I think his minutes might decrease one or two minutes a game, and therefore the opportunities to score a 30-plus fall, and I think that slightly comes under. Our back home network friend, Scott Caulfield, took the under. Andy, what do you got? I'm going to take the under as well. Uh, the, you know, one of the things you have to try to figure out with this is you're you're making assumptions based on how Woodson is going to handle the rotation. And I found myself looking at a lot of these, thinking slash hoping that maybe the the way he doles out the minutes is a little bit different in some of these games. So I think for a lot of the same reasons as Coach and Chronic, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the under with the assumption that Trace doesn't log quite as many minutes and will certainly have some some huge games. But I did I, I took the under on that one. All right, over to you, Ryan. I got the under as well. I think it's uh, going to be a situation where the 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 points are spread out. As Chronic said, there, there's not going to be as many non-conference opportunities to rack it up. So I'm going to go under. And from my brief look at the chat mob, it looked like the under was pretty clear in the chat mob as well. But Kathy, correct me if I'm wrong. All right, we'll move on to question two. Xavier Johnson, he shot 36 of 94 from three-point last season which is 38.3%. I'm setting his over under three point percentage for this season right at 38%. All right, we'll start with Ryan this time. I'm going to go under as well because I think he's going to have more volume and I think naturally that just leads to your a lower percentage. Um, I think he's going to be good again. 
uh, and I think better than what we saw early in the season last year, but I think under just because I think he's going to take way more shots. Coach? I I lean under, but but official play is going to be over um, because I think with Jalen Hood-Shafino and, and other players being able to be the second uh, downhill driver that he's going to get some catch and uh, shoot threes that um, a, a little bit more. And I, I do worry about the volume going up, which means that probably the percentage will go down. So that's why I lean to the under. But something tells me that he's going to get a lot more shots because there are more players that are going to be able to go downhill this year. Uh, and he may be off the ball some if the ball's outletted to Jalen hood Shafino. And I think when he gets his feet set, he was a pretty good shooter. So I'm going to say just slightly above and go over. Uh, Jared said that uh, he's going to say that same, basically the same thing Ryan said, higher volume, slightly lower efficiency. So he's going slightly under. Uh, Chronic, what do we got? I actually like the over on this one. And I, I, I think the reason being – um, it took Xavier some time to settle in last season, um, especially in the uh, the non-conference portion of the year. I felt like he was pretty erratic. Uh, what we saw in the, the closing stretch, you know, the last month and a half, almost two months, uh, was a completely different player than what, what we first saw in November. Um, I like that to continue to build, but probably more than anything, uh, I'm looking for, like I said earlier, a more balanced offense, uh, guys that recognize – um, the rhythm of the offense and when it's time to get the shot up. So I expect to see better shot selection uh, and probably some, some more sets uh, that are specifically designed to get some of these shooters off. So I think all those those factors uh, lead to Xavier probably somewhere in the 41 42% range for the season. So I'm going to say over. Oh, I love that. Pass some of that, uh, Jameson Kool-Aid. Let's do it. <laughs> all right, Andy, what do we got? Coming into last year, in his first three, in his three years at Pitt, he was about thirty-three and a half percent from three. So it jumped up about five points last year. Uh, I, I think it's close, but I'm going to lean under based on the the sample size coming into that. But coach made a compelling argument, and I certainly hope that I'm wrong on this one. But I'll take the I'll kind of play the the percentages of what he's done in the past and and say he's going to finish slightly under that. And Scott went under, and according to Kathy in the chat, it looks like the Chat mob went slightly under as well. I don't like you pessimist, pessimistic chat mobbers right now. There's All also right. part of me that I can't. I just the shooting motion. I just it's I, it's, I, it's really it's hard it's to look really past. Hard. But it was super effective last year, which you also can't ignore. So I mean, have you uh, seen Ty, uh, Tyrese Halliburton shoot the ball? I mean, it <laughs> looks awful and somehow goes in. So. And, and don't forget this year he's going he's going to go this whole season without a car so he's not going to be wearing out that right foot so I think he's just going to give him a better uh, you know better his, foundation when he spots up his footwork will be better yes jeez oh, yeah we're gonna we have to edit that out after this but yeah <laughs> all right next question uh, our boy Race Thompson averaged seven and a half rebounds last season I set the over under right at seven and a half again this season. It's uh, it seems like a tough one. Maybe he plays less minutes. You know, maybe he has some more competition for those rebounds. Let's go with Andy. What are we doing? Uh, I'm, I guess I'm going to stick on the the unders here. I'm going to I'm going to take the under on this. I assume, again, this goes back to if he plays as many minutes as he did last year, then I'd, I'd be more inclined to take the over. But I think you're going to see Malik Renew come in, have some of those minutes, Geronimo probably maybe maybe takes a few more at the four so i just think it's surely a playing time 
thing where he he finishes under. Coach, uh, I'm going to go under. Um, I think it, it'll be slightly under, and it's not an effort or anything. It, it, it goes again to more players playing, and I, again, I mentioned this um, with, with Trey. I thought race wore out at the end of the year because so much was asked for him, and he is just a hundred percent dive on the floor you know, give everything you got. And I thought he ran out of juice. So hopefully there's a little bit less minutes and we get uh, a full, you know, run of him through the Big Ten tournament, NCAA tournament. And with that, I think you add R- Renault and, and, and Duncan maybe getting a few minutes there. I think he loses a rebound or so uh, off his average. Chronic. I like the over on this one. Uh, race is a senior, I think, is going to go down as one of those guys that we look back at. And you only recognize when he's gone, once he's gone, just how valuable he was to the program, how big his contributions were while he was here. Um, I, I think he has fully embraced the role that he needs to play for this team. Um, I, you know, Maybe we see him step outside the, the three-point line a little bit more. Um, but I think with all the focus on TJD, um, with what hopefully is a, an even more intense defense uh, than what we saw last season. I think it's going to create a lot of mix or a lot of misses, and I think he's going to absolutely beast out on the weak side post. Uh, I like the over on this one. Uh, Jared said, uh, hopefully with his ability to play fewer minutes, he's going to go with the under. Ryan, what do you got? Uh, I got the under solely for two reasons. Jalen Hood Shafino is going to rebound well, and Malik Renault is going to play minutes. And so I think that you're just going to get, I think his rebound rate and his efficiency, it will go up, but I think the actual raw number is going to go down a little to six and a half, maybe seven. Uh, But I I do think it's not going to go up from last year. And Ryan's doing the smart thing by just copying whatever Andy picks. So that's, uh, that's good. Um, Scott uh, went over and Kathy, the chat mob was looking like under again. So chat mob copying Andy as well. So, um, some uh, some smart some smart picks out here. All right, everybody's favorite Miller cop. He made 39 three pointers last year in 35 games. I'm setting his over under at three pointers per game this season at one and a half. One and a half three pointers per game from Miller cop, and we will start with. Uh, let's start with Andy. I mean, I think you started with me last time. Okay, so you, okay. You acted, I mean, I'm happy to right. go first again. You acted like it was a surprise. Oh, let's let's do something we haven't tried before, like the last one, right? No, before. it was it was my fault. I don't want to. I don't <laughs> no, want Ryan to be you're able, good. You're, Ryan to be able to copy you again. So. You're trying to vary it. Yeah, there you go. Now well, I'm happy. I'll, I'll go first. That's fine. Um, I, I'll okay, take the over on this one. I, I think, uh, kind of beat into the ground on this show, various other uh, various other outlets, what the lineups with with Parker Stewart and Miller cop really meant uh, for this team from an offensive standpoint, even from a you know defensive standpoint to a certain extent. Uh, I think with adding hood Shafino to the mix uh, and, and really cop being the spot up guy uh, on the wing, as opposed to having two guys that way, I think he gets more open looks and takes advantage a little bit. I mean, realistically his minutes probably go down, but he's really out there to shoot those threes at that point. So uh, I'll take it. It looks like if you use the 35 games from last year, he's got to hit 53 three-pointers over the course of the season to do that. That feels doable given that's likely where most of his shots come from in the offense. Chronic, let's go to you. 
I like the over on this one. Um, I, I think last year with so many things in flux, a lot of guys struggled to find the role. The ball struggled to find out where it was supposed to be. Uh, I'm Like I said earlier, I'm expecting better chemistry. Uh, I'm expecting better ball movement. And I expect a guy who knows this is going to be his last dance uh, to hopefully come out and make the most of it. That's what you expect from your upperclassmen. Um, I, I think Miller's going to have an opportunity to uh, kind of get his sights dialed in. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's pushing two and a half. Uh, if he's getting more minutes at the three than anybody else, he better be scoring more than two and a half per game. That, that would be great because uh, I think I think Stewart, Parker Stewart led our team last year in three pointers per game, and it was under two. So it was like one point eight maybe or something like that. So if we have somebody making making two or two and a half three pointers a game, let's sign me up. Let's let's do that right now, Coach. What do you got? Uh, I I'm gonna go under. Um, I I think there's some talent on this team that might push uh, Miller for some minutes. Uh, where that's going to be wrong is I think he played through some injuries last year and was really tough-minded and, and played when maybe he should have rested at some point. And I think that did have uh, some issues uh, along with some of the lineup stuff that has been mentioned before. Um, I think Miller's going to add something to our team, but I think other players are going to uh, explode to the scoring uh, and, and shooting. And so I think he can improve on his 1.1, but I, I think it's slightly under. And I hope that I'm absolutely brutally wrong. I like that. It looks like Scott and Jared both went over. Ryan, what do you got? You know, this is the hardest one yet, I think, in my opinion. Um, He has hit more than 1.5 per game in his career at some point, and that was at Northwestern uh, as a sophomore. It's been a while. His percentage has dropped each of the last two seasons. Uh, or it dropped, it dropped uh, below what he did that year. It's lower. Um, man, I do think his minutes are going to suffer, but I think he's going to be on that second unit solely to shoot the ball. And I think he's going to get shots up. So I'm going to go over, but slightly. And I will say this is the toughest one for me so far. And according to Kathy, the chat mob was almost unanimous in saying the over. So a lot of, uh, got some, got some high stuff, high hopes for uh, Miller cop this year, which, Sign me up. That'd be, that would be great. Let's do it. All right. Next one we got. This is this maybe the, the hardest one for me to set because I just really had no idea. And especially considering all the hype around this guy this season from inside the program, from NBA scouts, the question is Jalen hood Shafino over under 27 minutes per game. I originally set it at 25. Everybody told me that was way too low. I bumped it up to 27. It's like when Vegas has to quickly correct a, a line they released on a, on a Sunday for the next Sunday's games. Um, for comparison's sake, Parker Stewart averaged 24 minutes a game. Last season, Miller Kopp averaged 25.2 minutes per game last season. Jalen Hutchifino, over under 27 points per game. Ryan, you're first. 27 minutes per game, not yep. points. <laughs> if he scores 27 uh, points per game, that'd be great. Only three players topped 27 minutes last year. Trace, Xavier Johnson, and uh, and Race Thompson. I think it's an under. I think it's a. I think it's a well under twenty seven uh, minutes per game, just because I think he's a freshman. And I think they're going to have to rotate him in, and also I just think with the depth on this team, you're going to get a lot of guys playing. So I, I'm going to say well under. Coach, I'm going to go under too, but just slightly. Um, I, I think by the end of the year, he might be our best guard. And that's no disrespect to Xavier. I think Hood Shafino, with his size and his ability to get people open, is a true point guard first. 
Uh, I think Xavier it, it has to figure that out with a little bit of scoring mentality uh, attached to that. But with the other three guys are definitely going to be over this, and everyone is clamoring about the depth. When you sit down and break down minutes, if you write out a minutes chart, it's really hard if everyone gets 28, 30 minutes uh, in the starting lineup where that bench, those bench minutes are going to are going to come from from productive players. Um, so I think this is going to be slightly under. Jared said his bold prediction was that Jalen Hutchifino leads the team in minutes played. So he's betting all of his uh, Bitcoin on that. Um, so he's taking the over. Chronic, what do you got? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm leaning towards under. I think this is is really tough one. Um, I'm going to lean towards under, but I'm going to I'm going to curb that on the condition that uh, I expect Tamar to take some of those. If Tamar can't carve out some of those 27 minutes. Uh, he has not ascended as we thought he would. Uh, the other thing is, is uh, injury and foul trouble. Um, you know, if Xavier's able to stay on the floor throughout the season, um, and if Tamar is, is up to where we think he's going to be, um, I, I think it's going to be under, but just slightly. I think he's probably going to be in the top three this season. But I would expect, hopefully, everybody's usage goes down just slightly because the balance that this roster offers. Scott took the over, and I think the last one is Andy. Uh, th- this one probably had we done this a few weeks ago, I probably would have given a different answer. Uh, I think at the time I would have thought maybe Woodson would be a little reticent to give him a lot of minutes early, but then the more and more that you hear about him, uh, the more it feels like he starts uh, at the beginning of the season and doesn't have to ramp up the minutes dramatically to be able to achieve that versus I think we had one of these last year for tomorrow. There was some for tomorrow. And the, and the question was, that's next know, that's coming next. <laughs> well, I know, but I just mean, even last year, I think there was questions about like how much he would play or how much he would score or whatever. And it was, you know, hard. You're trying to do an average thinking it's going to take him a little bit to come along. And I think I thought that initially about Huchifino, but I'm going to take the over. I think he plays enough at the beginning of the season and just becomes more important as things go on. I think if it seemed like he wasn't going to play, he was going to be maybe more limited at the beginning, then then that probably becomes a hard hill to climb. But I'll, I'll go with the over. Yep, and uh, according to Kathy, it looks like the, the unders slightly have it in the chat mob. So we had a really good split on that one. I, again, I, I had no idea what to do with that one. Um, as Andy mentioned, last year we had an over-under for Tamar Bates of points per game. We had it set at 10. He scored 3.9 points per game last season. Um, this year, Tamar Bates, points per game, we're starting at eight and a half. Eight and a half points per game for Tamar Bates. Chronic, we'll start with you. I think it's going to be close, but I, th- I, th- I think the under on this one, I'm going to, you know, circling back to the last answer, uh, Hood Shvino. Uh, I think Tamar is going to uh, have a heck of a battle for minutes with him, um, but I think Jalen gives us a little bit more of a downhill potential than what we've seen from Tamar. Uh, he was a little loose with the handles last year. Uh, I think that's going to, uh, you know, unless he's been able to clean that up dramatically, I think that's going to continue to hinder his, his usage with Woodson uh, just as much as his defensive awareness. So uh, I like the under on this one, but just slightly. I'm, yeah, I'm interested to see on, on tomorrow, especially, do you see some lineups where you have, you know, you have Xavier, you have Jalen, and you have tomorrow on the floor together? I think those would be, those would be interesting. Um, especially if we're trying to defend that lineup. Good luck. Um, 
Coach, Four let's guard sets. Let's get back to those days. Yeah, a- absolutely, it. absolutely, Chronic. Um, I, I'm going to agree with uh, Chronic there slightly under, and it's based on uh, rotation. If he's a starter, then I, I think my selection's going to be wrong because I think he's going to get more opportunity to be a scorer. Uh, if he if he plays that three, if he's coming off the bench, I think it's going to be hard for him to get to to uh, over eight and a half a, a game. Um, a lot of these you set where my mind says one thing and my heart says another. Like I want Tamar to be a double digit scorer. If that's the case, we mentioned that in the opening question. If Tamar's over, if this is over, Indiana's doing uh, really well this year, in in my opinion. But I think it's going to be slightly under. Uh, Jared said he's buying the Tamar breakout and he's going over. Andy, what's your call? Jared did miss the show to do a podcast with Tamar, so I think that's the least he can do. Is take he's he's, he's pot committed to that, yeah. Yeah, so absolutely. On the flip absolutely. side, though, Tamar could be in Cook right now getting shots up, and Jared's taking him away from that. Oh, fair, <laughs> fair point. Uh, this actually was one of the tougher ones for me. I, I'm going to take the under just because I think there's going to be games that he really – he really shows out and plays well. And I think there'll be other times when he may take more of a backseat to some other guys. And the net result of that probably makes it close to this, but I'll, I'll say slightly under. Ryan. I'm going to say over because that means good things for Indiana season. Quite frankly, I'm, 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 I'm uh, leaning on that. I think, uh, yeah, I think the over, because I, I think he's got to have a breakout. If this team's going to reach his potential, he's got to have a breakout. So I'm going over. All right, I will wait for uh, okay. Cap chat mob seems over. Okay, I like it. Chat mob is also buying the Tamar breakout. All right, I, I struggled to come up with something with uh, with Jordan Geronimo just because I don't know that any of us know what his role is going to be on this team. He's going to be fighting for minutes. Um, I, I'm not really buying that him him as a three. He's going to be fighting for a lot of minutes at, at the four, um, playing you know a small ball four maybe. I set the over-under for his stocks, so that means steals plus blocks. He averaged one stock per game last season. Uh, I think it was like 0.7 blocks and 0.3 steals. I'm setting the over-under for his stocks at one and a half this season. Um, Jared said he's taking the under. We will start with uh, – let's let's go back to Coach. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be an under um... – I think he will provide some spark in some games and in, in some positions. I think that's going to ultimately be his role, but it's going to be a minute situation. Uh, I, I like the way he played late in the season. If he can continue that, then he has a chance to go over, but I'm taking the under. Uh, Ryan? I'm taking the under as well. Um, I, he's You haven't heard much about him this offseason, you know, and the, the reports coming out of practice and things like that. So that leads me to believe that, he may not be playing. He, he may have the same role he had last year, you know, if it's if people aren't raving about him. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go under. Yeah, it seems like they tried to give him a chance at the three and that, and that maybe didn't go as, as, as they were hoping. And so he's kind of stuck in that four position battling with, with Malik and Race and all those guys. So uh, let's, let's go to Andy. I'll take the under as well. I think the playing time questions, does he play dramatically more than we did a year ago? Um, you know, where he plays, I think some of that's still out there. So I'll, I'll, I'll take the under. I did enjoy Scott's comment when he had entered his uh, – that Scott was not afraid to, to enter an answer in there, but with his answer was, what are stocks? So um, <laughs> that, that tells you where he's at. <laughs> and chronic. 
I first looked at this on the sheet, and I'm like, I feel like that meme where I'm just looking at the chart, and they're going up stonks. Like, I, I, I don't know what I'm looking at, but I'm going to do it confidently. Uh, the, the problem with that, though, is is I have zero confidence in what his usage is going to be this season. Um, is he a three? Is he a four? How is he going to work with the roster combinations? Um, the, the thing about Geronimo is he is instant energy every time he steps on the floor. Uh, he just has unbelievable athleticism, and um, and he's a competitor, uh, you know, kind of a la A.J. Moye uh, for a guy that plays way undersized for the position he's often used in. Uh, he's going to have to make impact and stonks uh, if he's going to get playing time. So I my gut says no, but I got to be different. I'm going to say over. I'll take the L on that one, um, but if, if he's gonna, if we're gonna see much of him, he better be over. I love it. I love it. I love. Uh, I love somebody just playing devil's advocate for the hell of it. Let's do it. And the chat mob, according to Kathy, was a slight nudge to the over, and that wraps up the the. Oh wait, no. Do we have one more? I think one more. One more. Okay, one more. We have one more. So we have one more, and this is another one I really struggled with. This is our. This is our other. Other heralded freshman Malik Renew, which is going to take me forever to get used to saying Renew instead of Renew. But hey, I'm 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 working through it like the rest of us. We will go to coach for the Malik Renew's number of double doubles this season. I put the over under at two and a half. I think he's going to play a really good, significant role off the bench in, in saving minutes, getting rebounds, hustle, being able to score some. But I don't think his opportunities will be there to get double-doubles, uh, at least three of them. I could see him breaking out for a game or two, so I'm going to go under. Ryan? I'm going to go under as well. I think you'll get some games where he's like 9-6, and six, you know, 12-5, and five, like that. But double-doubles, I, I don't think he's going he's gonna to eclipse that. Chronic? Ah, such an unknown quantity. And, you know, if he weren't playing behind TJD, it'd probably be a little bit easier. But unfortunately, he is fortunate for us uh i'm gonna take the under on this one jared said this will inevitably there'll be some games where there's injuries and foul trouble and that renew is so skilled that he thinks that he will hit the over slightly um andy between this one and the next one i'm i'm just really trying to give myself stuff to root for in the non-conference because i think that may be where this happens so i'm gonna take the over um i think you know, part of the thinking is like, can he get some of these non-conference games where hopefully uh, assumption of rational coaching, there's not as much TJD in some of these games. He just gets a lot of run, uh, can maybe put put some up in these uh, in some of these non-conference games, maybe sneak one in in the Big Ten and and uh, and slightly make the over. So I think there will be games to Jared's point where he gets a little more uh, playing time and and maybe those opportunities are there. But certainly don't fault anybody for taking the under, but I'll take the over. And, you got to um, talk. You got to talk. Man, Coach Woodson. Wants I like to... everything about that. Yeah, so Coach is happy with the first eight. Uh, but this, we are now halfway through uh, our over-under extravaganza. Uh, time for a break. Uh, when we return, we'll go over the uh, last eight, so stick with us. Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Ethan Happ, and I never listen to the assembly call, especially the episodes that Ryan is on. Well, Ethan, we'd have over-unders on how many times you travel and not be called uh, in the call center if this if you were on the show. But anyway, welcome Put back to for the over, yeah. whatever it is. <laughs> welcome back to Assembly Call Radio. I'm the coach Brian Tonsoni here with uh, Andy Bottoms, Ryan Phillips, Jay Horry, and Chronic Hoosier as we are. Going on the record uh, with the over and unders, uh, as determined by Jay Horry, we are on record for eight, uh, and we have eight over and unders left to go. So we turn this thing back over to Jay to finish up our over-under show. All right. Most three-pointers made out of Trey Galloway, CJ Gunn, Anthony Leal, Caleb Banks. Got to pick one of the four who's going to make the most three-pointers this season. Ryan, lead us off. CJ Gunn is my call. I, I think he's going to be our best shooter from the bench. Andy. I'm going to take CJ Gunn as well. This is the other one I alluded to that I really look forward to in non-conference games. I feel like he's going to get out there, get some shots up, uh, and and maybe try to build build a lead in the non-conference that he can then hold on to through the Big Ten season. Coach. Man, this, this is a tough one. Um I'm going to go Galloway because of minutes played. Uh, you know, it was close last year, I think. Um, um, I think if he's improved some, uh, he's going to get a lot of a bit of time because he can go downhill. So I'm going to pick Galloway. Yeah, and so Galloway made six last year. Leal made seven last year. Jared took Galloway just based on minutes played. It's a bit of what Coach just said. Chronic, what do you think? Um, I'm going to go Leal. I think Gunn's going to have the highest percentage. I think I'm going to throw stuff at my TV if I see Trey take too many. And <laughs> I, I zero idea what Banks' his usage is going to look like. Um, and hopefully he's not being used as a three-point shooter primarily. Um, I'm going to go with Leal. Yeah, so this is a tough one. Um, I don't know what the – let's see. Scott took CJ Gunn as well. And I will wait on Kathy to give me what, what she thinks uh, the chat mob consensus was. Let's go to the next one. The adjusted offense offensive efficiency rating, according to T-Rank, last year it was 74th. I think we're all hoping that it's better this year. I'm setting the over-under at 30 and a half. And under means you think it's good. I is going to be a top 30 offense uh, this season. We will start with Coach. 
Uh, this is going to be uh, over. I don't think they're going to be a top 30 offense. I think they're going to be really improved. Um, but I, I see high 30s, low 40s. I still think that's a huge improvement. And I think tied with the defense, that'll be enough. So I'm going to go just outside of this mark. Chronic. This is a tough one for me. Um, I'm going to go with the analytics. I'm going to say over. Uh, and recognizing that in order for them to do that, they're going to have to make the biggest jump in offensive, offensive efficiency since uh, the 15 to 16 season. Um, I'm sorry, the 14 to 15 season where they went from 126 to eighth in the country. That's a pretty massive jump. Uh, but I'm just praying that everything's cleaned up and efficient this year and more balanced. I like the over. Wait, so, Karan, if you mean under, under is better. Oh, I'm sorry. Under, excuse me. Yes, yes. Under. I, I do expect it to be under that. I'm sorry. I'm looking more to up or down. Yep, I got you. Um, Jared also took the under. And Andy, what do you have? I'll take the over. It's just a big jump uh, as much as anything. I, th- I think the team will definitely be improved offensively, but it, is it that much? That feels like a feels like a little bit of a stretch just given what we've uh become accustomed to i'm you know just guarding my heart i think by not uh being more aggressive here ryan uh i think it's gonna be over i think again i think it's gonna be improved but i don't think they have enough shooters to shoot the efficiency up i don't think they play fast enough to shoot the efficiency up so um i'm gonna i'm gonna say it's gonna be over i think 40s somewhere in their 40s 50 low 50s and uh, Scott also took the over, and it looks like Kathy is saying the chat mob took the over as well. The next is still using T-Rank, adjusted defensive efficiency. Last season, IU finished as the 16th best defensive team in the country. Man, I had a hard time setting this one. I ended up settling on 13 and a half. So under 13 and a half means you think IU is going to have a top 13 defense in the country. Over means you think they're going to have a worse defense than that. We will start with Andy. I'll take the under on this one. I think this team has a lot of pieces to be really, really strong defensively. Uh, that was the clear strength last year. You have a lot of the guys back that were a key part of that, and I think you have the potential to be upgraded defensively at some other positions uh, as you as you look at the bench. So I'll take the under. Ryan, what were they last year, you said? They were 16th last year. Yeah. I'm going to take the over because I think they're going to, I think statistically they're going to get into some games, particularly early. They're kind of, you know, they may not play their best. Um, They also have a really tough schedule. And so I think it's tougher than last year. And so I think they're going to go up. I think it's going to be a great defense. I think it's going to be in the top 20, but I I don't think it's going to be as high as 13. Chronic. I think it's going to be a better defense than we saw last year, but I'm kind of with Ryan. I think the schedule is going to set up because it's so much more difficult. Exactly. Uh, I, I think statistically it's not going to look as strong as what it is. Um, but when you come from just an effectiveness standpoint, I expect this to be a, a top 10, perhaps uh, top five defense nationally. Um, That's why it's adjusted. I, yeah, I know. Um, but the strength of schedule, like Ryan said, it's, it's night and day difference from last year. And uh, I'm going to go with the over on this one. Yeah, I just to echo what Chronic said. I just think that I do think if you were going to power rank the defense, you know, not statistically, it would be one of the top five, ten defenses in the country. I just think statistically, it's going to be tough to to do that with who they're playing. And coach, 
Yeah, I, I think it's over 13 and a half. I, I think the other thing is when you get to these, it is it doesn't take into effect what the other teams do. Uh, around the country too so you could really improve and go from 16 to 18 because other teams improved a little bit more on a schedule that it's not apples you know so I, I think combined with what everyone said I think it's going to be the strength of this team but I don't know that it's going to be a top 10 top 12 defense nationally and it sounds like the chat mob was hard on the under there and as you can see I'm using t-rank because after uh, Ken Palm dropped this 14 spots just for losing to uh, St. Mary's. I, I broke up with Ken Palm and, and now using T-Rank. So um, moving along, we have everybody's favorite topic of conversation, free throw percentage. I'm setting the over under at 72%. 70% is what IU shot from the line last season. For comparison's sake, 72% would have been about the midway point in the country, 160th in the country last season. So, you know, about right around the midway midway point of teams in the country, we will start with Chronic. I like the over on this one. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, and largely uh, because I expect to see more guard shooting free throws. I, I think getting downhill, driving um, is going to be an emphasis. Breaking defenses down, I think it's going to result in better shooters at the line. And I think, yeah, the percentage goes up because of it. All right, Coach. I'm going to go – it's going to be right at or over it. Um, I, I like Chronic's reasoning, but I also think that if uh, Race and TJD have really worked hard on their shooting to be able to shoot a little more 15-footers or even three-pointers, if that percentage gets better, I, you got to hope they get a lot of foul shots too as well as the downhill guards. I think they're going to be better, slightly better, and then the collectively with the guard shooting, as Chronic said, give me just slightly over. Ryan. Please, God, have it be over. Uh, you know, no, I, you know, and last year, I, TJD shot a lot of free throws, and I think that obviously affected it. Um, Parker Stewart wasn't a great free throw shooter either, randomly. Um, but I think, I think that Chronic's reasoning with the guards shooting more, I think that that is going to happen. And Xavier was 78% last year, I believe, something like that, 77, 78 last year, despite the awkward shooting motion. Um, and, and I think, you know, while Hujifino is not going to be a knockdown shooter, I think he's going to be a solid enough from the free throw line. Tamar Bates shot over 80%, um, and hopefully he gets, you know, more of a chance to shine this year. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the over and just – I'm just willing it to happen by taking the over. Yeah, and Xavier during his last – I think it was like the last 10 games, he shot something like 85% from the line. So he was – he really got it going as his, as his game got going towards the end of the season. Andy, what do we have? Well, I, ideally, we'd all like to know the ratio of, of time spent doing yoga compared to the time, the overall practice time, what that percentage is. But we, we, that's something we can't know uh, at this point. I will, I will take the over. TJD upped his percentage 2% from his, um, you know, from two years ago to last year. Uh, I think he continues to get at least a little bit better. And I think the point's made by everybody else that probably more guards uh, who either have been or project in the case of Huchifino as better free throw shooters, we'll, we'll get them there. It looks like everybody took the over except Jared. It's the first time Jared's ever been pessimistic about IU basketball. He took the under at free throw shooting. All right. So next we have the number of neutral court or away wins by IU basketball this season. Um, T rank currently projects Indiana to finish with a seven and seven neutral and neutral plus away record. I'm I, setting the over. I have, 
I have two clarifying questions for this before we answer, although I should have asked to go last on this and then ask you the questions only before I went, but yes, my, Miami of Ohio is a neutral court game. Yes. Okay. And I assume we're not counting big 10, not counting though. the big it's 10 just tournament. regular season, just okay. regular season. Yep. All right. Carry on. Thank you. I, at least I got one of those questions, right? Uh, okay. So, and we'll just, we'll just go right to Andy to start this one out. Over under six and a half neutral and away wins. This I'm sure this counts into your bracketology equation. So let's see what yeah. you got. This was uh yeah, this was a good one, especially with the the Miami one. Uh I'll take the I'll take the optimistic view and say they squeak over this and get seven. So I'll take the over. Coach, another bracketologist, what do you got? I'm going to say right over at seven as well. I think that the game um, at Gainbridge helps. But I, I think the key, again, if Indiana is going to be what we want them to be, they're going to have to win on the road in the Big Ten. So can you get uh, can you get four or five roads uh, wins on the Big Ten? I think that's solid. And then you got Miami of Ohio at a neutral. And then you got Xavier in Arizona. I think they can win both of those games, to be honest. Uh, the Kansas one is, the, is, is going to be the, the toughest away game of those three games uh they could lose all of those but I, I think it comes in at seven at least seven or eight all right ryan i i get the same i went down the schedule and i i had seven um i conversely i do think they're going to drop a home game or two they shouldn't um but i do think this team is veteran enough to play well on the road um and, and i just like the makeup of them uh as a road team and again that miami of ohio you know if you're considering that a road game i think that puts them over the top to seven I'm considering what it is, which is a neutral court game. So, right. No, I'm just saying, you know, you add that to the mix is when it's really feels like it would be a home game. Chronic. I like the over on this one. Um, I, I, I'm high on the Hoosiers this year. Um, I feel like this is a strong team. And I feel like if this team is really built with some dogs, uh, you got to show your teeth on the road. That, that's where you make your mark. That's where you win conference titles. Uh, that's where you prove that you belong playing in the second, third weekend in uh, the NCAA tournament. Um, and, yeah, man, the season hasn't started yet. I'm, I'm calling us undefeated. So, yeah, we're going to take the over. <laughs> hey, in Indiana, you can't legally get high on a lot of things, but you can't get high on the Hoosiers. So, I like I like that. Says who? All right. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of speaking of Jared, he took the under on that. So I'm not sure what what got into Jared earlier today, but he took the under on that. Um, all right, I had a, I had an interesting time coming up with this one. So these are the Big Ten postseason award team members. So the Big Ten does a first, second, third team, all conference teams, plus an all defense team and an all freshman team. Um, I think that the uh, the to- or the the leading teams last year in the conference had four people on those combined teams. I think Purdue had four, Wisconsin had four, uh, Illinois had four. I'm setting the over-under for number of IU players to make an all-conference team, first, second, third, all-defense, or freshman, at four and a half. And it counts if, you know, if, if Trace makes the first team and all-defense, that counts as two. So that's the clarifying point on that. And same for, you know, Jalen Hutchfino, if he makes third team and freshman, that counts as two. So we will start with Ryan. I'm going to say over. I think you're going to get Trace, Xavier, and Race on some form of all Big Ten. I think Trace is going to be on the all defense. And then you're going to get to the two freshmen are going to be honored somewhere too. Oh, so Ryan go with six, maybe. All right. Renault might not make it, but yeah, I, I at least five, I think, for sure. 
Chronic, let's go to you. I'm going to be pessimistic in this one. I'm going to say the under, and I think because this is a such a deep roster, um, such a balanced roster, I, I think it's going to, at least when it comes to individual awards, I think other guys on more incomplete teams are going to be able to stand out a little bit better. Uh, I'm going to take the under. Coach? Uh, I'm going to take the over, um, but I think it's just going to be – I think this line is very sharp. Um, this mm-hmm. is a Vegas mm-hmm. set line. Um I think the answer is going to be either four or five, uh, to, to be honest. So I think Indiana is going to be in the, in the top three or four of the Big Ten. I, I think their preseason hype is going to have a lot of people watching them. I think the, the young men are going to perform, and I think they're going to get recognized. And I think it might be to push this over a couple third-teamers, not maybe uh, first-teamers where you have X and, and Hood Shafino. And then defensively with Indiana, if they are a top-20 team, going to get some recognition defensively. So I'm going to say over. Andy, I'll take the over. It's super hard to project given everything that the Big Ten lost and the number of new players coming in to try to figure out where they may slot in on these. But if you assume that if you if you piece together the other things that we've talked about, and, and I know the, the last couple will speak to this as well, if you think that IU is going to finish toward the top of the conference, uh, seems like uh, uh, enough guys would play their way into that conversation. I think we talked about how important Hood Shafino is. So he plays his way into a potentially all freshman team, plus maybe one of the other, uh, you know, maybe a third team mention or something in that regard. So I'll take the over. All right. It looks like we have an over from the chat mob. All right. Now coach just mentioned this. Now we're going into what will Indiana's big 10 tournament seed be? Um, like the other questions, under is better. Over under two and a half. Tried to make this one a little tough, so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to tell us right now if you think IU is gonna finish in the top two of the Big Ten. We will start with Coach. Ah, thanks. Um, Welcome. Uh, I'm going to say over. Um, I think a third or fourth seed is probably likely because I think Indiana has the toughest Big Ten schedule. Uh, I still think they're going to be probably the they could be the best team in the Big Ten and finish third uh, because of, of the schedule when Illinois or someone else has, has some double buy games or some the doubles that are easier. Um, and I don't think that's a disappointment. Do I want the Big Ten number one seed regular season title? Yes. Do I want uh, success in the tournament? Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, Michigan last year was the favorite and ended up as the eighth seed. That's what I do not want to, to see happen. Um and so I think I think you're looking at a third or fourth seed. Ryan, I, I got over two. I, I have them at three. Just looking at it, um, I think I think coach is right. I think the schedule is really tough, and I think they could be the best team. They could win the Big Ten tournament. Well, that'll never happen, but they could be ranked higher nationally than the other teams and still finish lower in the Big Ten. Andy, this is where. If you look at other answers you gave, you decide whether you want to hedge your bets or if you want to just want to drive it into the ground. Um, in my head, I go back to the record one, right? And and so when I went through, when I went through the schedule, I had them pegged at five Big Ten road wins. So that means you go five and five on the road. How many games realistically does this team lose at home? Let's say maybe it's one. You end up fourteen and six in the Big Ten. That feels like that should be good enough to get you a, a, a top two seed. So I'm going to take, I'm going to take the under 
what really can I, I feel like Illinois, I won't say is guaranteed one of these, but their schedule is absurdly easy, even if it takes a little bit for the pieces to get together. So it feels like you're kind of vying for who's going to take the other top two spot besides them based on the schedule. So I'll, uh, I'll go with it. And uh, if I'm right on this one, I'm probably right on a few others. And if I'm, if I'm not, I will, uh, I will certainly not be defending my crown this year. That's for sure. All right, Chronic, you're uh, last but not least. Talk about some sharp lines. I, I feel like three should be the floor for this team. Um, but again, you go back to last year, like everybody just said, you know, it's even in a down year, the Big Ten still got some surprises in its bag. Uh, you don't know who's going to overachieve. Um, it doesn't leave a lot of margin of error, but when you couple that with the, uh, the, the way that this schedule closes for IU, it's just absolutely brutal. Um, we're going to be undefeated. I'm going to take the uh, take the under. <laughs> there he is. He's back. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see what I, I haven't seen what the chat mob is going to, but we'll we'll hit back there later. And the final one of the sixteen. Looks like, okay. It's chat mob is saying under. Very close. The final of the sixteen. We have NTA tournament seed. I think I set this at six and a half last year. Uh, and we were, you know, slightly, slightly, uh, uh, slightly over that. This year, I'm setting it at three and a half. Obviously, the under is means you're a three or better seed. I will go to the bracketologist first. Of course, the first award-winning bracketologist. Uh, we'll go to Andy Bottoms. I. I'm going to take the over slightly on this one. Uh, I think they end up at a four, which I know some might say contradicts a little bit. If you finish in the top two of the big 10, I think the challenge in that becomes, I don't know that the big 10 will be viewed as strong as it has been before. I think there's a lot of good, but not great teams. So you'll pick up a lot of good, but maybe not marquee best of the best type wins. Uh, You've got a really deep top of the big 12, the sec, um, Top of the ACC is pretty good as well. So I'll take the over slightly, but I think this is a, a pretty good line as well. I'd probably put him in that 3-4 range, so I'll take the over on this one. Yeah, and, and, and this is one I really struggled with because I, I, I knew if I put it at 4.5, everybody would take the under, so I went with 3.5 to try to try to get some uh, variation there. Let's go to uh, – Coach, did you, did you convene a meeting of Delphi to uh, figure out what you're doing here? Uh, no, he pulled, the, he pulled the kids out of class today. He was like, Yeah, yeah we gotta, I wrote them all we passes. Got we take care of. There's an emergency <laughs> meeting. Uh, I, I need to no, I'm gonna go over. I think they're a four or five seed, e- even if they're at the top of the Big Ten. There have been times in the past where the winner of the Big Ten got a four or five, and it generally is in a year where the Big Ten wasn't as strong. And I think that's what we're looking at. Uh, and, and the thing is, a four and five is a top, uh, you know, 20 team. So I, I think Indiana is rightfully in the top 20 and should last and stay there all year long. And so I think they're going to get a, a four or five. And uh, so I'm going over. Chronic. I would really, really like to answer this question on Saturday, December 17th, somewhere at around 2.30 if I could, uh, because I'd feel a whole lot more confident about my answer. Uh, and I will be answering from Lawrence, Kansas. Um, I, I, I realistically feel like those – those two games right there pretty much determine which way this one breaks. Um, but, you know, again, if we're going to be undefeated, I'm going to have to take the under. Love it. Love the confidence. Brian? Uh, it's over. I got them as a four. I think they're going to be a four. And I think Andy pointed it out perfectly. I think the Big Ten kind of gets underseeded sometimes, but then hasn't performed in the tournament. So, you know, that's why they get underseeded repeatedly. But I think it's going to be a very tough conference that is going to be 
you know, overlooked. All right. That concludes the 16. We have one tiebreaker question since we have so many, so many uh, guys vying for the, the title this year. The tiebreaker, and this is Price is Right rules, so closest without going over. And the question is the combined three-pointer makes from Trace and Race. Last year, Race made 15 threes. Trace obviously made zero. What do we got this year? Just to set the set the bar, Jared said 29 for his uh, closest without going over number. We'll go straight down the line. We'll start with Coach. 23. 23. And Trace is going to make how many of those? Two. <laughs> uh, Chronic, what do we got? Um, 12. I, I think I think shooting on this team should be good enough that you don't need your bigs chucking it up. I recognize Trace is probably going to try to demonstrate his ability so that he can improve his draft stock, uh, but I fully expect X and or uh, Jalen to come over and smack some sense out into him. <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to go 12, but I'm playing prices right rules with that one. Andy. Yeah, the, the, the not going over part becomes critical here. Uh, I, I'm just going to say it matches last year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the 15. Brian, uh, I'm trying to give Ryan an advantage since he's, I'm sure you're going to finish last in this. So I'm trying to if get I'm him strategizing up. the prices right rules, I'll take 16. Because that gives cuts you more. Off. It gives yeah. me more room there. So I got boxed out of this one just because of my my position in the. You did. You did. I'm sorry to a, do that. This to is you. an outrage. We need to. Your have guest kind of, and I hate to who, do it. To this you. is a, this that was a mediocre rule. <laughs> this really should yeah, be a blind submission for the tiebreaker. <laughs> yeah, it should. Yeah, yeah. You guys can submit blind picks later, and we'll figure out which. That one was a best. mediocre tiebreaker, yeah. for sure. <laughs> Nobody going position. over. Nobody taking the over on uh, Jared's twenty nine, huh? It's, uh, no, well, I honestly I think it'll probably be something to me like when I saw yeah. that on there. Twenty six, I think, could be a good one, but I'm if it's Price is Right rules, I'm doing sixty. Yeah, and, and Jared just clips this when they hit thirty, right? And and he <laughs> he he wins the tiebreaker, but well, uh, Jared's gonna get nothing else right, but he's gonna get yeah, he's yeah, gonna the tiebreaker, the, the threes over, yeah. All right. Well, we are now all on record for these over and unders, and we we we. I hope that I'm wrong on a lot of them, uh, you know, because that means Indiana does better, I guess. But um, thanks, Jay, for your continued mediocrity. Uh, we appreciate it on a, a weekly basis, and I think you did a good job. Remember about our our basketball discussion community. The reason Jared's not here is he's taping uh, a podcast with Tamar Bates, and and that's for the community. And and we have a Banner Friday um, now with Mike DeCourcy for the community. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff going on in the community. Tony uh, Film Room. I do some Coach's Corner. Uh, if you're interested in the community, you can learn more about it at uh, assemblycall.com backslash community. So to wrap up the show, fellas, let's just go around and Saturday opening, opening day. Uh, it's an exhibition. You can't glean a lot from it, but give me one thing that you're going to be looking for, um, in the exhibition. Jay, we'll start with you. Well, if, yeah, thank again, first of all, thanks for having me coach. Um, you know, I, I will say that if you, if you have season tickets and you can't make it to the exhibition game, donate your tickets to who's your project. Um, I, I had to donate my tickets because I've just been traveling so much lately I couldn't make it down. So please do that if you can't make it to the game. Um, just looking forward to see what this team looks like. I mean, we have so many new parts and new pieces. We're trying to figure out how it fits together. That's this whole exercise we just did was trying to figure out how this works and how the team looks as a unit and what sort of lineups we might have. 
and what sort of, you know, growth there might be from all these guys. So um, just very excited to see these guys on the floor. And, uh, hey, let's go Hoosiers. Chronic, uh, your thoughts about looking at the game on Saturday? Um, you know, like everybody here, I'm just over the moon that, that basketball is back. I, I can't wait for it to uh, to give us something that we can talk about, something to bring us together. Uh, I feel like in, in an era where there's so much division taking place everywhere you look, um, Indiana basketball is a thread that, that kind of binds us all uh, in this community and beyond. And the one thing I'd say, uh, with all the optimism and all the expectations, embrace it. Um, if we've learned anything in the last two decades, um, some of these, you know, these years can, can sometimes be far and few between. So enjoy every, uh, enjoy every breath of it. And, you know, let's be a little bit more realistic perhaps when they stumble because you know, it's going to happen. Um, but don't forget to take a step back and, uh, and just appreciate it for what it is and what it brings to you and those that you, you care the most about sharing it with, because the older I get, um, you know, the, the less emphasis I, I maybe put on the record at the end of the season, even though I fully expect us to be undefeated national champions again this year. Um, I'm just looking forward to getting back into that magical gym with my kids, with my wife, with my dad, and making some of those memories that hopefully end with us smiling a whole lot more than we're frowning. So I can't wait to, uh, to enjoy the journey with all of you guys. It's going to be a fun one. Well said. Ryan, uh, Saturday's game, what are you looking for? Looking forward to seeing some lineup mixes uh see obviously you see the freshman get out there malik jail chipino uh gun banks you know whoever gets out there but really just going to be interested to see who that starting five is and what we're looking at with rotations and uh who plays together uh, because i think that's already baked in yeah i i put together a little coach's corner for the community i said three things i want to see the freshman game what they bring because you just don't know at the college level how the post is being played that that pick and roll are they doing more of that and then those rotations as you said ryan so i think uh that's going to be the point of emphasis of my viewing on saturday andy finish us up uh what are you looking forward to on saturday yeah, I'm just really excited to see jalen hutchfino that's if i had to pick one guy aspect of the game that's what i would pick there's uh, been a lot of hype, a lot of a lot of positive comments heaped his way about his approach to the game and everything else. Um, if if you for those who read it, I, I saw this today. Tony uh, tweeted out about getting uh, Sam Story's uh, e- email, which was uh, excellent lunchtime reading, and and in there was just so many glowing words about Huchifino and his approach to things. Uh, so just really excited to see him take the floor. I think he is. Um, as everybody said, such an important, you know, piece and, and the way he plays and whether he lives up to those expectations will go so far uh, to determine, you know, where this team can go and if they can finish toward the top of the Big Ten. So excited to see him in a, in a uniform in, a, in the exhibition game and, uh, and see what he can do. Well, um, uh, it's going to be fun to, to see basketball again on Saturday. Thanks to, for you guys. What a, a great panel. Jay, thanks for doing the, the over and unders. Chronic, uh, thanks for all you do for Hoosier Nation and, and, and tonight uh, for joining us. Uh, and, and as usual, uh, my co-hosts on a regular basis, Andy and Ryan, it's always a pleasure uh, to be with you. Remember um, that, uh, hey. hey, look who popped in. Your Did final thoughts. Ju- just for the end, I, I was about we have ready. No time to haze them over the picks. <laughs> I was just about ready to do this. That's it. We're done. No more questions. And, and then you pop in. Good timing, huh? Yeah. What's going Good on? Timing. Yeah, it depends just, on your perspective. <laughs> uh, just got done recording an episode of the Inside Scoop with Tamar. 
Uh, really good stuff. I uh, I asked him the same question I asked Anthony Leal about what individual player skill has improved the most on the team, and I think you all are definitely going to want to hear what that is. So I will leave that as a tease. As soon as I get done here, I'm going to edit it and get it up so it'll be ready for tomorrow morning. Uh, but I will leave that as a tease so that you have to listen to it. But it's, nice. I mean, you know, it's tomorrow. He's thoughtful, engaging. It's a, it's always a great conversation. So Well, that's good it. because it's got to be a lot more thoughtful than your selections in the over and under. Well, my selections were good. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, we, we unanimously all voted 5-0 that you're going to come in last. Okay. All right. Just got to throw you a little shade since you weren't here. If we guy, can't, we can't you let you just pop, pop yeah. in. Pick on the guy who's not here. Pop in. It's fine. No. <laughs> the, the only guy who thought IU was going to shoot – Worse than seventy-two percent from the line is, is, is Jared just Morris. Join, yeah, just join the chat. So, okay. I mean, I'm the one going with history. You all are going against recent history. So, good luck. I hope you're right. I hope you all are right. <laughs> oh, anything else, Jared? Uh, no, that's it. That's I'm glad it. you guys had a had a good show. I'm I'm sorry I missed this panel, but there was only one thing. This was mediocre as hell. <laughs> well. Oh, and there was, a, and Jared tweeted out, and I tweeted it out, I think it was yesterday, that awesome breakdown of Jalen Hachafino from an NBA yes. perspective. Um, Jared, do you remember who, who wrote that? Or, I, that was Crap. fantastic. It was, a, it was like 5,000 words on Jalen Hachafino's game on every aspect of it. Uh, and it I'll was one, it. Of the, one of the best kind of player breakdowns I've seen uh, of an IU player in a long time. So uh, if you haven't seen that, the Jared and I both tweeted out yesterday. Go find it. It's incredible. Um, should get, it you get, get you Should get you good and excited for Saturday. Yeah, uh, it's by Maxwell Bombach. He's at Bomb Boards, B-A-U-M Boards. Uh, and, yeah, I will uh, – he actually has it pinned on his uh, Twitter page. So not only Bomb was, Boards. was that exceptional, um, you know, Sam Story's email that went out was, was phenomenal as always. The insider quotes in that, though, Oh, were, so good. were worth so the good. price. Do you know how hard it was to spend the rest of the day at work and not call everybody an MFer? <laughs> <laughs> because they're speaking my language here, and it's, it just it got my blood up. It got me so excited. Um, that was great. Uh, if he wanted to produce nothing but those quotes, I would pay good money for that to be delivered to my inbox on the reg. <laughs> it was good. It was very good. All right, I mean, so coach, what did you think of the five man now six man panel? Oh man, it, it it was good. We had to tighten it up at halftime. We we split Ryan, second, Ryan two got, and three. Ryan so got nice. whiny. Yeah, yeah. We'd have been right on schedule if he had a working microphone. Well, yeah. that's, true. I, that's true. I, I do take him. that. I do take that. Yeah. <laughs> I shared the story that you you did give me the secret mute button, so nobody'd have to listen to him. So that cat's out of the bag. <laughs> oh, I love the secret mute button. I appreciate Coach sharing my uh, Halloween costume for work tomorrow uh, on the screen, so that's great. Yeah, you look like Charlie Brown. <laughs> <laughs> if he, Charlie he, Brown... he was on early, 15 minutes before everyone popped on, and he showed me his, his Halloween costume, and it's Charlie <laughs> Brown. If, if Charlie that, Brown was, was significantly older and had a drinking problem, then that would, that would definitely be me. <laughs> Like myself, he's got the hair for that costume. Absolutely. Uh, that's great. All right. All right. Yeah, that's... Jared definitely brought the uh, average hair uh, quantity up uh, when he joined. But... That's what yeah. I do. It's very good. Well, thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in for this uh, 
great over and under show. That's it. And We're if you're done, in the no private community, if you're in the private community, we have a happy hour tomorrow, three yep, thirty Eastern. Join us. We're talking hoops. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live, join us at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live broadcast of our Assembly Call radio recording. Thanks to Bob Thompson for producing our music, and thanks to John Ringer of rigdesign.com for designing our logos. Thank you for listening, and until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. That'll do it. We're in preseason form here, I see. Yeah. I, I, I looked at the soundboard and didn't see my uh, – couldn't find my clip. That's right. That's why we have these exhibition games and, you know, these episodes leading into the season get warmed up. Get a brother, get be... some coupons. Yes, Chronic, we can get you some coupons. <laughs> see, this is exactly why the coaches choose the secret scrimmages so nobody has to see them dick trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We don't run secret shows. We probably should. If you thought. Yeah, I don't think advertisers like those very much. No. no. Or community members, for that matter. We had a good one. We had a good one on Monday. We had, or was that Tuesday? Whenever it was, we had our like preseason team meeting, oh, kind of okay. planning some things out. You know, talking about how we can make a better product, tighten some things up here, and do things better. So we're always trying to improve. Oh, that's that's, that's where good. Ryan got to tighten things up from earlier when he was like, "Oh, we got to tighten up segment three. Well, we had a half-hour segment. Yeah, it's a it's a point of emphasis. You'll see it yeah. in November, and then by the time January comes, we'll be back It'll to the same. Off. 10 It'll be long gone, sessions. forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that while that ran long, I, I thought everybody did a really good job of kind of explaining their picks, yeah. and even yeah. like kind of swayed me on a couple of my answers. Like you know, I really didn't consider that, but that's probably going to factor in heavily into that category. So I, I think it was a nice balance. Yeah, okay, so which ones I, did you think I was like totally off on? I'm curious. All of them. Jared, if you, Jared you, can, you can pull up the spreadsheet. I, I filled it all in. Uh, so you and uh, Jared, you and Chronic were the only people that thought our offense was going to be a top 30 offense. Okay. Let's see. I'll stand by that. Jared was the only person who thought free throw percentage was going to be worse. Uh, he was the only one at the over on TJD 30 plus point games too, I think. And mm-hmm. Jared was the only one that had the under on neutral away wins as well. Okay. Lot, I will say Pomeroy has us at a 22, 22 ranked offense. So not the yeah. only ones, but the only one in this, this contest. <laughs> Don't tell that to Jay. He's, he said he's done with Ken. Pomeroy. No, I broke, I broke up with Pomeroy after the St. Mary's game. Well, that's, yeah. St. Mary's game is being used to drag IU about like how they finished with defensive and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, they were, they were 35th before that game. They dropped 13 spots after that game. And so it's like, yeah, they, yeah, they finished 48th in Pomeroy last year with a 24th-ranked defense. But before that St. Mary's game, they were 35th with the number 16th-ranked defense. So, But that's not Palm. That's the schedule when, you know, yeah. 80% of the, the, the teams are done playing. They've been frozen, and it's just the ones yeah. that look abysmal that have the opportunity to take that big of a, a fall. 
So I and, will say on the yeah, trace, they were terrible in that game. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, I mean they had flown across country overnight. <laughs> like, no, you know. Yeah, but you know that that's and it tells you that that teams uh, right around them were tight in the numbers too. So sure. So the adjustment, the fall for fourteen was was just a mathematical. Well, and you, I mean, and IU, we were we, IU was winning that game after what ten minutes. I mean, yeah. IU was up four, I think, and then. And then St. Mary's went into like a 34 to five run or something crazy. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. like I just died. I mean, like if they just, they just died on the court. You literally could see the, the bottom dropping out beneath. Yeah. Them. I mean, I mean, except that, it was their souls. Well, yeah. I mean, but I, but I was winning that game after 10 minutes and then they just, everything died. Like, <laughs> so the only thing I will say about the trace 30 point thing, cause I originally did put under. I just have a feeling that there's going to be several games where teams just cannot stop the pick and roll with him going to the basket. I kind of and so I, that. I think I think he's actually I think he may actually score fewer points than last season, but I think he'll have some just monster games because they're just going to run that over and over and over again as we saw at the end of the year. So that's what I'm banking on. That was we'll one see. of those that swayed me though because while I was originally kind of on the fence but leaning towards the under uh, just because of the balance. Uh, I can't remember who. Maybe Ryan mentioned strength of schedule and the differential yeah. between those two. And without having time to go back and look at what what his numbers were in some of those games, I was like, "Oh shit, that's a huge one." Um, and honestly, in in the cupcakes this year, I would be totally fine if he plays five minutes in the second half and, and totally. just yeah. put him on ice from that point forward and let the young dogs get some run. They're going to want Malik to get time, and he's going to produce when he's in there. So I think you have to, and that's the one thing. You know, I'm so fascinated by how, for all the players that we talked about and all the different um, individual components, I'm maybe most fascinated by um, how has Woodson grown and matured and learned in this role, Um, but especially when it comes to his sub patterns. He's got to use the young guy. He has to trust the young guys. You brought them in. You gave them scholarships. You need to play them at some point because you're going to need them at some point. And you you recognize just load management. I mean, it's such an important part of the professional game. And obviously, for uh, let those guys stay fresh. Um, You know, if if there's one thing that we learned in the Korean era, when you have these expectations and everybody's biting at the bit, you have to know when to shut down a champion horse because you cannot let it run as much as it wants to, or it will run itself into the ground. Um, don't do that this year for the love of God, but plant those seeds for the future, whether it be later in the season or in coming seasons by giving some of those young guys or some of those reserve guys um, more minutes and not just in throwaway spots. Yeah, them in exactly. uncomfortable positions. You know, Jared, one of the things that will help you win that one over 30 points, too, is how teams decide to defend Indiana. If the perimeters are really good and Jalen Hood, Shafino's everything that we're hearing. So now there, there, there might be some games where coaches just say, we're going to let TJD get his 30-35, but we're going to shut down other people. That might be a defensive strategy because he's going to get all most of his at the rim. So if the shooting is improved, if the downhill nature of Jalen Hood, Shafino, and, and all of that, if Tamar starts going, now you force a defensive scout to really think, do you shut down TJD? That would hurt your cause there for 30 games. But then the other guys, it's going to be really interesting to, to see. I agree with Chronic about the rotations, number one. But how are other teams, where are they going to put their defensive focus on this IU team? I think early it will be on TJD. And then to see how the others start uh, scoring offensively, when that shift will will occur to how do they guard, uh, and then that opens up TJD for bigger games. Um, mm-hmm. If you just 
Yeah, that's somewhat what we did with um, the dude at Iowa um, when, when we beat Garza. Iowa. Garza. Garza, you know. Yeah. yeah. You just let Garza well, have his and shut down the three-point shooting of, of others. I'm not saying we're even close to that, but there's some strategy there that will maybe allow four or five games of 30 for TJD. Well, and so – and just to piggyback off that, so TJ, TJD had 43 against Marshall. That was the, the, the big game. The next game after that, he had 31 at Syracuse. He had – 27 against Ohio State. He had 30 against Wisconsin. He had 31 against Iowa and 29 against uh, Wyoming. So it wasn't like he was he was putting up these numbers against bad teams. I mean, he was yeah. doing it when teams were just like, we're going to make you beat us from the outside. TJD can get whatever he wants. Um, and that was also some of those at the end of the season were good luck trying to guard them in the pick and roll because – X is hitting 40% from three and TJD is making everything around the rim. So, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think if he's getting a bunch of 30 point games, it might actually be bad for Indiana. Right. You know, if he's getting 30 point games, we haven't figured out the three spot and we haven't figured out how to shoot beyond the arc. Exactly. I I mean, I I mean, I kind of, I mean, they could just be isolated games also. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I mean, he's going to get his. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think he's, I think he's going to, Look, if you're talking about double doubles or 25 point games or, or you know whatever, I think that the number is much much higher. But uh, for 30, I mean, 30 is a lot in college basketball. It really yeah. is a lot, and especially when you've got a talented team around you. So it's just hard for me to to, to think that he's going to get a bunch of those. So what other picks yeah. of Jared's do we want to go over with the fine tooth comb <laughs> nice here before that. we well, call see, before we call the podcast off for the night? I see several of you are wrong about tomorrow's scoring average. <laughs> so got that one for sure. Yeah, there was yeah. So that's that was the one that I I, I really struggled. That was with. There's tough. a couple that I really that was a tough with. one, dude. Jay, I gotta say, man, you set these well. Like, cause there's none of these that I would like bet a lot on. Like, I'm not I'm not going to the mat on Trace getting over on the thirty. I like I really struggled with that one. So I see the but Miller Cop three pointers was the hardest one for me. I think because oh, wow. one see, and a half that isn't that hot. The tomorrow one was the one that I had the most trouble with. Tomorrow was, was the other Because one. to pick tomorrow, you have to pick against Hood Shafino, is, is how I felt like that. Like, if tomorrow, if tomorrow is over, I don't think Hood Shafino's getting the usage that I'm anticipating he will. I could see a lot of lineups where, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just me wishful thinking, but I'd love to see X, Jalen, and Tamar on the court together. Like, just give me, give me shooters, give me drivers, give me all those guys on the court together. Shit, give me um, give me Miller Cop on the court with him as a four, and just like let's go crazy with shooters. Like let's do better it. yet, put Trey or not. I'm sorry, put Trey at the four, and show me four guys around the perimeter that can all drive the ball. That too. I mean, like yeah, give me give me give me four small guys or give me you know give me you know because Jalen can guard like he can go down and guard the three or the four in, in a pinch. Um, Here's what I'll that. say about that, and all everything you guys are talking about sounds great. Is Woodson creative enough to do it? And is he free enough with trusting guys to do some awkward lineups like that? And that's where Chronic's that question about watching no. his growth as a coach yeah. in a college game a huge is going to make a huge question in the ceiling for this basketball let's team. Let's be real. There were times last year where he ran just with the starters for way too long. Way too long. Well, because he didn't trust his bench. I mean, and what, 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 what did you see out of the bench last year to trust it? I mean, like, I. Fair, but you need to steal minutes. I mean, you need to steal minutes. The biggest problem with that for me was you're putting your sixth best player out there with your 10th, 9th, 
eighth, yeah. seventh best. But you're not putting sure. your your six man with in a position to, to be successful or Agreed. to do anything close to what you Agreed. want them to do when they're there. So when you can more selectively piecemeal your substitutions rather than doing the, the, the first team, second team, um, you know, shift changes, I just think it, it keeps the rhythm. Um, and what we saw last year that hopefully isn't as much of a problem this year, uh, how badly that limited some of your scoring options, how how flat that made your offensive looks when you would do just that. So I, if he can make improvements there for me, and I'm not saying, you know, I, I want to be seeing four guard sets in March necessarily, but I want to see a team that gets through 2022 understanding a much better where those outer edges are when you need to play um, non-traditionally. Uh, mm-hmm. unconventionally because of whatever's going to come at you down the year, whether it be matchups, foul troubles, injuries, whatever, um, you know, be more explorative and, and put these guys in, in positions that challenge them and make them uncomfortable. We already know what, you know, the coaches especially already know what they do well. Let's look at what they do when it's, it's a totally different look. Just try uh, stuff. Like, modern like, basketball. We need to transition you know, to modern basketball. And that comes with roster construction, too, because using your post players is important. And we have a couple guys that are better at the rim than out on the perimeter. Uh, but we need to transition to where it's a, a huge perimeter game. And the, the one thing that I'm going to – I don't want to ever see time on the court without X or Hood Shafino unless there's injury or foul trouble. Like, okay, you've got to so stagger. You can't, you can't put those guys in a starting lineup and then have Trey Galloway be out there for 10 minutes running the show because it's your backup five or your backup yeah. – your next five guys. I like you got to stagger that, in my opinion. Have one of those guys play them a lot together, but stagger those guys so what, you have yeah. that point See, of always, presence. I've always assumed that they would do that, but then you know, Tamar talked with the hysterics and with me about how he's been running point in practice, and in Sam's email it talked about how Trey's been running a lot of right. point. And I get mm-hmm. in practice, you're getting guys' experience, and so that may not mean anything. In case you need them, or it or it could mean that those guys are going to be your ball handlers on the second unit in a similar setup to last year. Now, yeah. the second unit will be much better offensively this year because you got Malik, who's a capable guy down low, you know, and so there's more talent. But I agree with you. I hope it's X, and then based on what we've heard of Jalen, him, I think that'll be better. But what's nice but, about that, Jared, is, okay, you have Hood Shafino in with tomorrow. Now you have multiple outlets. You don't have to outlet it yes. to one guy. So having those guys run point doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be the point only point. It shouldn't mean, in my opinion, the right. only point. To, ha- to be able to outlet to either side on a fast break, to have multiple screen and rolls in a 30-second in a shot clock is going to be good. We have four guys that can do that if it's Tamar and Trey. But, man, you got to have that lead guy who yep. understands offense, initiates offense, and I, I trust those two guys already. Hopefully my trust in the freshman uh, is worthy. But um, that's yeah, my I, thing I'm going to watch, I guess. Yeah, I'm interested to see that because I would love to see see like game game substitution patterns where if you're starting X and Jalen next to each other, you're pulling Jalen at whatever you know six seven minute six seven minutes into the game, letting X run the run the point with Tamar and whomever else for a while. When you take X out, you bring Jalen back in and you finish the half with them. Um, but I'm interested to see because like a lot of times with Montbird, when Jalen was obviously their point guard what they would run is that they would have somebody else bring it, bring it up the court. And then they would put Jalen in the corner and run a screen for him to come get the ball. And then he would come get the ball on the move. And then they would start their yeah. offense right away from that. And what was really effective. Yep. The one thing that I think it, like 
when you look at Woody and what what did you learn from last year, not just what do you want to see, um, you know, they got where they were, especially at the end of the year, by really, really locking into the defense. And, and yep. you saw it pick up throughout. If they can build upon that over every other deficiency that, that you know, we feel like they need to work on, uh, you, you up that and it makes you so much more dangerous than having, you know, a, a, a Jordan Halls or a Matt Roth as a three-point shooter on this roster, in my opinion, uh, because that was that was probably their greatest, most consistent weapon throughout the course of the season, probably better than Trace Jackson Davis. I think the MVP last year was probably team defense, and individually I think it's probably race, but that's another hmm. story. Um, but I, I, looking at this season, having so much more depth and having so much more athleticism and skill, uh, how he's able to leverage that and how that as a primary focus impacts everything offensively because of what he needs to see from guys defensively and just on a game-to-game, matchup-to-matchup basis. I, that That's the, the, the 3D chess with Woodson's mind that, that just kind of blows me away, that I'm looking forward to seeing how, how he manages that uh, on the defensive end and how much, you know, how much improvement can you see from what we saw last season? Yeah, I think that's what, that's what, if you asked him, what do you want your legacy to be aside from wins and championships, uh, what he wants to be a God dang good defensive team. Yeah. One of the things I'll add to that chronic that I'm looking for too, is I think he needs to be a more active play caller um, with college kids. There's a lot more trust you can put with professionals. And I think he brought that last year and kind of trusted the point guards to call stuff and see stuff. And that's when the offense kind of bogged down. And I thought he was uh, he had more of a, a thumb on the program or thumb on the play calls at the end of the year when the offense got a little bit better. I, I, I hope that he, he can see – I just think you need a little more control of what you want those guys to run as opposed to uh, even with veteran point guard at, at X. So that's something that I'm going to be looking for too is does he have a little more uh, of, of – of a thumb on the offense uh, because it's got to be better, a lot better uh, in order to compete at the levels we want it, want Indiana to compete at. Yeah. I mean, what made a lot of these over-unders hard is you're trying to figure out what, which way you think he's going to evolve as a coach. And did he coach the way he coached last year because that's what he wants to do. And that's what he's always going to do. Did he coach that way to be a little bit more conservative and stick with something that he was more comfortable with while he got his feet underneath him. Um, and, and things like that. So, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see with, yes, upgraded from a talent perspective, but just to kind of understand, all right, is what we saw last year who he really is and is going to be and is going to continue to be? Um, or do we see, you know, him get more comfortable with with maybe adjustments that he has to make there? And yeah, you know, certainly won't learn that on Saturday, but uh, you can at least start to think about, um, you know, what, what things might look like once you get into a few of these tougher games earlier in the season. Yeah, I mean, last year was interesting because you could definitely see which guys he trusted. I mean, he obviously the, the starting five, but when when push came to so- shove at the end of games last year, he would go to the the uh, Rob X Trey. Uh, he'd go to the defensive lineup, so Rob X Trey, Race, and TJD, because those he I think he basically had seven guys he could trust last year. And so at the end of the game, he would go more defensive, sacrifice the offense and say, hey, if we get stops, somebody will make, you know, maybe we'll get lucky. Rob will make a shot on offense. Someone will make a shot. (laughs) TJD will, you know, well, especially at the end of the season, you can put X and TJD in a pick and roll and TJD will get a bucket or X will make a shot. But I think it was really limited in the guys he could actually trust to make plays. 
Um, I'm yeah. hoping this year, you know, a year in or, you know, more, you know, now second year in that he has more guys that he actually believes in that can make plays down the stretch of big games. All well, right, gentlemen. Having, having yeah. pick and, the pick and roll in your bag to start the season rather than waiting to the very end, just yes. from a foundational standpoint, I think it allows for so much more growth on the offensive end um, where you don't have to rely on ill-advised three-pointers because nothing's working. You know you've got that for late clock situations and you have more faith in the ball moving and, and making that next pass. <laughs> Actually, I asked Tamar about that you know, about the pick and roll and, uh, you know, is that going to be more featured? He kind of looked at me like I was crazy. He's like, dude, that works so well. Of course we're going to keep running it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like we figured out what worked, man. Some more pick and pop. He's like, okay. Yeah. You mean Zach E.D. can't come out and guard uh, the pick and roll? That's that's crazy. It's weird. (laughs) <laughs> that, guy, that guy just drives me nuts, Watson. We're not even going to talk about it. Hey, it's time to go. i got to get this uploaded to Jared. It's been great, Chronic. Thanks. Uh, Look forward to having a drink, coming, Chronic. Good drink stuff, with Jay. you so soon down in Bloomington. Me. Jay, we need to get together. I need to be in that basement sometime watching a game. Um, I'm just going to w- drive down to your house and show up. Anytime, brother. Anytime, brother. Jared. Yeah. Andy, we'll send a rescue Andy. crew. Yep. For wherever you're being held hostage with that lighting again. Sorry. Yeah, the lighting is really not good, and it was, like, bad. So I had my wife come down and try to, like, figure out how to tweak some of it. I don't know. We'll figure it out. The it's dark side. Trying to keep it down so the girls don't jump you. That's exactly what your, your, your room looks like. Andy, get, get the girls to come play some tournaments on Carmel, and you can come just stay at my house. And you'll be I know. Fine. That's why I, I need to get them to, uh, to go to different locations than where we always seem to end up. So I'll, I'll see if I can start working on people. Thanks, uh, everyone, right. in the chat, cool. mob. Thanks, guys. We'll see you see guys. You Peace. All right. See you guys. Thanks, Jay. Hey, man. It was a lot of fun, dude. All righty. We'll see Cheers, you. Cheers, brother. I'll see yep. you soon, brother. Yep. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.